I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! My name is Cam. And I got punched in the nose for sticking my face into other people's business. I'm Eric. And welcome to the podcast where we look at the pop culture of our youth through the lens of adulthood. It's not about good or bad. It's about then and now, as we try our best to answer the question... What were we watching? Welcome, dearly beloved, to episode 188, The Wedding Singer. Whoop-a-dee-doo. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? The Summer of Sandler returns. Yes, 30 years strong. Son of the son of Summer of Sandler. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys didn't do this. Um, the original summer, did no one want to discuss? There are just so many wonderful adam sandler experiences to talk about that you know one summer can't contain it all ah, so okay fair enough we we had to bring it back and to do that we also had to bring back one of our very good friends you've heard her on this podcast but not in a while and we are thrilled that she's finally back in our world and in your ears it's Lindsay mead hello <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi, guys. Sorry, I think I spoke too soon, but hello. It's great to be <laughs> no, back. No, you're good. When's, uh, when was the last one? Because I always forget. What did we do last? Was it the uh, Secret Garden? Secret Garden, I think. <gasps> was that was a like while back. three years ago or something? Maybe. It was definitely when we could still be in person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and before uh, Tim Burton came out with his own rendition. Oh, did he? Oh, boy. He he sure did. And Eric watched the trailer and was dismayed. I'm pretty sure I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sent that to me, and I'm like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> no, it doesn't have that 90s charm. But yeah. It was very, like, magical fantasy. It's like, that's not the kind of fantasy I want my mm. secret garden to be. Yeah. And no. with Wedding Singer, we get another different kind of magical fantasy, if you will. <laughs> Once upon a time, uh, in the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> it does have a fairy tale kind of feel to it, doesn't it? Yeah. Totally. Drew Barrymore. Any anytime Drew's in there, total fairy tale. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another reason I'm excited that you're here, Lindsay. Is uh, you've flagged uh, quite a few Drew Barrymore films on our big to do list. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a so big overlap for you, Eric, because isn't this your favorite? Well, we can get there when we get there. But I know you think very highly of this Adam Sandler joint. I. I do love this Adam Sandler movie. I've, I'm sure I've mentioned it on previous Summer of Sandler episodes mm-hmm. that this is probably my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Nice. Just spoilers, people. <laughs> I'm sure we'll do a ranking later on. Yeah. I love it. And I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, before we do, a few facts. It was released on February the 13th of 1998. So Valentine's Day movie. It was directed by Frank Coracci. Not sure how to say his last name. Coracci? Coracci? <laughs> Written by Tim Herlihy. And starring Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore, Christine Taylor, Alan Covert, Matthew Glave, Angela Featherstone, Ellen Dow, and Billy Idol. Star-studded. 
forgot Buscemi um, and a lot of other Buscemi. Sorry. Oh Buscemi? yeah, Buscemi. Yeah, <laughs> an uncredited Steve Buscemi. Um, he was uncredited. I'm pretty sure he's uncredited. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that's right. <laughs> wow, that's bananas. As 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 he sometimes is in other Sandler films, oh. yeah, he pops up from time to time. Delightfully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've talked about Billy Madison. That was that's a very famous one. Yeah, what was the Crazy Eyes one? That's Mr. Deeds. Yes. Yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> we forget that. That's that's wonderful as well. <laughs> so yeah, Steve Buscemi can do it all. It brings a lot of darkness to these very silly farces. <laughs> and speaking of Steve Buscemi, who's in the beginning of this movie, let's let's put on our hats and take a trip back through time and talk about days gone by. In the 19, 1985 and in 1998, we're going to be nostalgic about nostalgia here. And why don't you kick it off for us, Cam, and give us a little recap. It's 1985. Robbie Hart is a wedding singer. During a gig, he befriends a waitress, Julia, who's engaged to a jerk named Glenn, pretty much only because he's financially secure, as she is constantly reminded by her friends and family. After Robbie is stood up by his fiancée, Linda, at the altar at his own wedding, he nearly gives up his wedding singer career until Julia convinces him to help her plan her wedding. They get closer and start to develop feelings for each other. Robbie discovers that Glenn regularly cheats on Julia and debates whether or not to tell her, not wanting to break up their engagement. When he starts to express his true feelings about Glenn and suggests Julia is only marrying him for his money, Julia gets upset with him, but quickly realizes he's right and that she's got feelings for Robbie. In his drunken depression, Robbie's ex Linda comes back, wanting to give their relationship another shot, and they sleep together. Julia shows up the next morning to declare her feelings for Robbie, but Linda answers the door, introducing herself as Robbie's fiance. Heartbroken, Julia decides to quickly elope with Glenn in Vegas. Robbie gets wind of this and rushes to find the next flight to Vegas. Turns out Robbie and Julia happen to be on the same plane, where he uses the loudspeaker to serenade her, finally declaring his love for her. She breaks it off with Glenn, and Robbie and Julia get married. The end. I know this much is true. (laughs) What a beautiful story that was, and a beautiful recap. I'll say, very succinct, nicely done. I think my favorite part was Robbie Hart is a wedding singer. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very succinct movie, so I tried to match that succinctness in my recap. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well done is as per usual. Thank you. Lindsay. Yes. I want to know if you remember the first time that you saw The Wedding Singer. Here's the thing. Every time you guys ask me that question, I realize like how bad my childhood memory is or my <laughs> memories of childhood. I can definitely tell you when I watch Never Been Kissed, whenever we do that. But gosh, I really struggle to remember. I know I was young because I've loved it for so long. And I do know I watched it anytime it was on TBS, which I feel like was pretty frequently. Uh But yeah, I just, it's just a sweet story. But I wish I could tell you more. I almost was going to lie because I'm embarrassed that I don't remember. <laughs> That's okay. There's, sometimes it's it's never like one strong memory. You know, there's not one crystal clear moment where you like discover a movie, but it's over time. Much like Robbie and Julia in this movie. It's over time you realize this is the one for me. Because mm-hmm. my, my tale is, is pretty similar to yours, I'm sure. I, I just started, I never saw it in theaters, but I started watching it when it was on television. TBS, you mentioned, which is probably correct. 
I, I had a inkling though. Maybe it was also on VH1. Do you remember? Do you guys remember the movies that rock? Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, they must have played that. I'm pretty sure they played that, and and that makes sense to me because I think it was surely around the same time that those Isle of the Eighties series were de- mm. debuting on VH1. So that's when I got really interested and in, invested in the pop culture of the 1980s. It was through seeing the wedding singer and then all these other little shows they had about it, about that decade. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would go on to just, I, I've owned this film on VHS on DVD and now on Blu-ray because I just love it so much. Wow. That is impressive. I have one copy. I'm proud of that. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't have the old, older ones anymore. I, I, oh, gotcha. I just have the blue right now. I, I upgrade it at every step of the way because, it's like, when I get a new piece of technology, like, what do I want to do with this? I want to watch The Wedding Singer. Obviously. Oh yeah, it's definitely in my. You know, I've downgraded the DVD collection to emergency use only, and that will mm-hmm. always remain. But I know I was at least watching it by, say, 2001 because I specifically remember downloading You Spin Me Right Round on (laughs) LimeWire, which was, yeah, one of just a random mix of 80s songs, but just fell in love with it, which I'm sure we'll get more into the music, but at least by three years after it came out, Hmm. I I was in it. Cam, do you remember when you Uh, saw it? I did see this in theaters. Oh. Ooh. But I, I hadn't really seen it since then. I've, I've probably caught it maybe maybe once since. But it does, there are like very strong scenes in my, in my memory that stuck with me just from that first theatrical viewing. Like the opening, the spin me right round. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. It's just electric. I love it. <laughs> so Somebody memorable. Put some pants on that kid. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the old woman singing Rapper's Delight. <laughs> yes instantly memorable <laughs> yeah but yeah like I, I i was trying to put myself back in the mindset of like how i would have been viewing this and yeah like like eric said it was like a valentine's day i was in fifth grade so i was trying to think of like who was my crush in fifth grade that i was probably like projecting into this movie <laughs> <laughs> well you're in luck because we invited her onto the zoom right now. <laughs> katie come out here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it, it's it's a delight, and I'm I'm very much delighted to revisit it, and I just have so many more feelings about it now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you've only seen it once before because, like Eric, I I, I would say it's my favorite Sandler film too. Nice. I feel like we should be in a meme with that sitting at a table with that <laughs> sign that's like, "The Wedding Singer is the greatest Adam Sandler movie." Changed my mind. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with like the, the, the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. <laughs> Wedding singer fans. just yeah. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> it really is responsible for a lot of things like me kind of being a fan of Adam Sandler. Because I, w- I liked Happy Gilmore. I liked Billy Madison. But I think this was a movie that really made me want to watch all his other movies and like everything that came out after it. And it really was responsible for a lot of my love of older pop culture, specifically like late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, I mean, it's such a love letter to 80s music. Yes. There's so much 80s music in this movie, <laughs> either mm-hmm. either like in the soundtrack or referenced or sung by the yeah. characters. Or, yeah. A lot of music, a lot of like, even just like commercial catchphrases, mm. film references, like they're they're just 
everywhere. It's part of pop culture is the wallpaper of this film. Yeah. And in some ways that's like, it's one of the things it's about. It's just about how like people are moving through the world with this culture around them. For some reason, I, I always kind of like saw it as apart from like the rest of the Adam Sandler canon, maybe because of the eighties setting. I was like, Oh, this is like a period thing. This isn't really one of his like Adam Sandler comedies. You know what I mean? Like Billy Madison or happy Gilmore. Like it always just felt separate to me in my mind. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe that's why I didn't really ever, revisit it too much because because i just saw it like living in its own lane mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which i understand a lot more now what it's doing and what it is and how it fits into his canon like i i think it absolutely fits in to everything that he's done but yeah i don't know for some reason it was just like it was this odd one out yeah, yeah. well he's definitely like more of a, a sweetheart i guess if you have to yeah. pick one word in it which like is fully, so nice fully sweet yeah. and like stand-up guy yeah yeah and if i'm being honest like as a girl in the 90s i think that's why i liked it the most too like mm. billy madison i definitely didn't get at the time and <laughs> happy gilmore sure but yeah the wedding singer spoke yeah. to me <laughs> mm-hmm. totally yeah like he's a very unlikely heartthrob but he really is very sweet in this movie well yeah. he's not playing like one of his you know kind of trademark developmentally arrested or angry characters you know he's, <laughs> yeah. he seems like a real person yeah. he's also depressed for like a h- huge chunk of this movie like mm-hmm. he yeah. is not acting very adam sandler at all the whole inciting incident is getting stood up at his own wedding and he spends like most of act two all of act two being cynical about weddings yep yeah that's his journey it's like moving through that I really love like the the subversion of the stereotypical marriage obsessed woman. Here it's like the man that's always wanted to be married since the third grade. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think which about is that. which is refreshing, and he's he's truly a wedding singer. Like he he sings the praises of marriage <laughs> and family. Yeah, which is like yeah. Adam Sandler's career in a nutshell. Like he's it's always about family. It's true. Yeah, and another one of the reasons why this movie is so wonderful delightful is because it, it was it seems so fresh like you would not expect the guy behind the water boy <laughs> to have that kind of a perspective on life yeah you know <laughs> but at the same time like all of those other movies there's like a wholesome relationship with like either the mother or the grandma always mm-hmm. the grandma <laughs> yeah or the children like big daddy you know like there's yeah. just a lot it, it's it kind of is always about the immediate family or or like the family unit and reinforcing just like strong family bonds. I don't know. This one just kind of like is less winking. It's like yeah. it's definitely yeah. yeah. Like you're you're putting into like the mouths of the characters. I just want someone to hold me and tell me it's going to be all right. <laughs> and like that's actually a moving moment. It's yeah. not really not necessarily played for laughs until the old guy comes and hugs him. <laughs> totally. <laughs> the movie means it. You know. Yeah. 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 It's it's probably the most sincere right of the Sandler canon. Question, and maybe you said this in the beginning, but he didn't write this, or did he? Did he have any part in writing this? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Tim Hurley he is the credited writer. Yeah. And he's um Adam. He's been Adam Sandler. He was Adam Sandler's like par- comedy partner for oh, a long okay. time. Because like, since yeah. the SNL days. Because I was curious in a movie like this, you know, your first thought wouldn't be probably Adam Sandler, but it is so perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I yep. think you know, obviously. But yeah. I was curious and, that. And you wonder how much like improvisation happens just kind of like inventing the lines like on the set <laughs> yeah well a lot of like another thing i love is like in the 
you know, speaks to the chemistry between Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler. A lot of times it seems like he's genuinely making her laugh. Like yes. He's yeah. coming up yeah. with stuff. And <laughs> she's actually laughing. <laughs> I know. I think there's such a love between them because then they, you know, came back together for 50 first dates. Not as strong, but we could talk about that later. But, you know, still, I just think they're so great. Like, there is something definitely about their, I think, organic chemistry, too. Totally. I totally feel it in this movie. Like, the way she looks at him and, the, like, the way, yeah, the way she, he makes her laugh, it's infectious. <laughs> it's really kind of remarkable, too, because you have Drew Barrymore, who's, like, I think only, like, in her early 20s when she's making this movie. And you have Adam Sandler, who's not known for really diving into, like, the emotionality of a role mm-hmm. but man they play these they play so well off each other and genuinely moving sequences and scenes between the two i'll just get right to it and like the the one that i really love is probably a lot of people's like memory of the film too is when robbie sings the song he's written after you broke up with Linda, mm-hmm. yeah. somebody kill yes. me. <laughs> Which to me really just encapsulates the movie as a whole. Yeah. It's like so funny, but also <laughs> pathetic and sad. Yeah. And and then so heartwarming. Like you see the look on, on yeah. Julia's, the expression on Julia's face is like changes as, as mm-hmm. she's like, the whole second verse is just a close up on Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's screaming about how he wants to kill himself and, and she recognizes kind of like what he needs the most in that moment. Yeah. She's like, I liked it. <laughs> and it makes me laugh, but it also makes me want to cry too. Yeah. It's just yeah. so beautiful. Oh, I yeah. laughed so hard at that watching it again. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Should we mention actually, Eric, you had an opportunity a few years ago and I witnessed it to uh, sing. Wait, was that the song? You sang? No, that's not the song you sang. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, um, well, I want to hear, hear Eric do this in karaoke. <laughs> if they had it, I would do it. Yeah, they should. Uh, can I actually make a random side note? Speaking of a close up on Julia, I didn't notice this until this viewing, but she wears this one necklace throughout the movie, and it really bothered me. Didn't you guys see that? <laughs> yeah, it didn't match everything. So I was like, "What's up with this like giant like obsidian stone around your neck?" Yeah, it was random. That's more. That seems more like Drew Barrymore than Julia. Definitely, it's definitely a Drew thing. Yeah, flower power for sure. I, I do notice, like rewatching it, like uh, and especially since we've been, there have been so many waves of '80s nostalgia after this movie. This was almost one of the first things to kind of really kick off that huge wave. And everything else, it, it, this movie seems very understated by comparison, even though it is trying very hard to remind you that this is 1985. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the way that. Robbie and Julia are dressed, particularly Julia, does not look that 80s, Mm-mm. to be honest. No, the one that's overkill is uh, Christine Taylor in the kitchen at one point, like a <laughs> exercise <laughs> outfit. And I was yeah. like, I don't know Libby Newton-John. how real that is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But you're right, Drew doesn't really look like she's in the 80s. Yeah. I feel like that's another just another positive about the movie. It's like we're we're placing the kind of cheesy nostalgic factor. We're placing on these side characters that are spo- we're supposed to be kind of like laughing at or not. We're not mm-hmm. supposed to be siding with as much mm-hmm. because yeah, her cousin played by Christine Taylor is like not as wholesome <laughs> as our two yeah. main characters. And then if, same goes with 
Robbie's best friend, mm-hmm. yeah. played by Alan Covert. Like he's kind of a sleazy guy, so of <laughs> course he's the one pretending like he's dressed in the Michael Jackson jacket, or he's <laughs> got the baggy acid wash <laughs> jeans and like the one like George Michael earring. You know? <laughs> <laughs> These people are like they're tr- they're they're they don't have as strong personalities or like you definitely will see that in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Their identity, like they will base their identity on pop culture because they may not feel as confident. They feel too vulnerable being Mm. themselves. What an astute observation. (laughs) I've thought about this movie a lot. Wow. (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, um, speaking of the Michael Jackson jacket, that's probably where Sandler did one of his one liners when he's like, say hi to your brother, Tito. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good. I like when he tells him to like lose the glove. He's like, lose the glove, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the look he shoots him too when he all of a sudden he starts acting very nice to Julia. Like, yeah. well, we should make time. <laughs> yeah. just, like, Adam Sandler calls just says, him out. Yeah. <laughs> he gives him like the most sour look and like, this guy said he was gonna give it to you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So one of my favorite things about Robbie Hart, Adam's character in this movie is like we talked about how wholesome and charming he is. I love how he can like smooth over any social situation, like like that one for instance. Like, well, he, for, he there's like an elephant in the room. He's like, you're just hitting on my friend, and yeah. that's inappropriate. <laughs> so I'm just gonna call it out overtly and make you uncomfortable so that you go away. <laughs> <laughs> or like, or at the beginning, the very beginning, like his introductory scene. I love you know Steve Buscemi gets up there and and. Uh, yeah brings the darkness and just like <laughs> the cynicism of like marriage yep. and just like i'm i'm the failure he, he hits the symbol with his drink i'm yeah. the best guitar <laughs> player in the world <laughs> self-taught no yeah. lessons thanks a lot pop <laughs> but robbie has like a way of just kind of like moving on from that and like easing into the next song and, and like just kind of smoothing things over like and, yeah. I, and I feel like that's very much like a, a valuable social skill that i've always admired in in people Yes. Um, yeah, he made that beautiful speech to the yeah. the couple. Yeah. Or the moment where they're like starting to plan Julia's wedding together and they're at like the photo person, you know, like getting a deal on her wedding photos. Yeah. She, she assumes that they're getting married and he kind of like just quickly goes, oh, no, we're brother and sister. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a great little moment. Also, the scene where he takes care of the drunk kid in, in the alley out back when he first oh, meets yeah. Julia. Yeah. Like he's just like he's just a nice guy, and he's and and he mm-hmm. he, he makes sure to like because Steve Buscemi comes back and he's like, oh, I'll, I'll take care of the kid. And he's like, no, 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 you go that way. He goes this way. Like, <laughs> yeah, <I'm just> gonna... <laughs> yeah, I love that. Too. Like he's just like a humble, nice guy. Even with Linda, just like, what's wrong with the place we live in, and wanting to just mm-hmm. have a simple life, and just yeah. he was so I feel like happy with himself until she kind of made him question it all. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure that's why he sinks into such a deep, deep depression. Yes. It's it's not only the heartbreak, you know, which is bad enough. It's Mm -hmm. kind of the shattering of his worldview. Mm -hmm. Thinking that, like, what if she's right? He reexamines his life. Everybody spread the word. I live in my sister's basement. (laughs) (laughs) Kills me every time. I also like the scene where him and Julia practice the church tongue kiss, you know? Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're talking about, you know, not kissing too inappropriately at a wedding. And Julia and Robbie both kind of agree, like, oh, yeah, you, you use a little tongue, but, you know, classy church tongue. <laughs> and 
of course, Christine Taylor wants to know what it looks like, so they <laughs> she has them like practice the kiss in front of him. But then, and they kiss, and it's you know very romantic between the two of them. But then immediately, Glenn comes back, and Robbie immediately admits, like, I just kissed her. Nothing. It didn't mean anything. I'm sorry. I, I like, just gave her the jacket, and I kissed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he does the he does the right thing. Like right after it happens, yeah. and yep. yeah. he's just like a stand up guy. Who does the right thing at every turn in this movie. Before we move from that, though, if we could just talk about that, because now being married, I look at that scene and I'm like, wait a minute. Would you really (laughs) kiss another dude when another dude kiss you knowing you're about to get married? I guess if you know the guy's a jackass, but I was like, hmm, is all this a little questionable, like him helping her? I mean, we know and it's cute because we know that Glenn's an ass. But there is a part of it where it's like, hmm, questionable. Yeah. And I mean, I I don't think her heart was ever in it because like, yeah. it just seems like she's pressured the entire movie like, this is the right thing to do because it makes sense and he's financially secure and you've been together for this long, so it should have happened by now. Yeah. Like, it, it's she, all just she like... She has doubts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she has doubts from the very moment she's introduced in the film. She's like, you know, I don't know if he's even serious about it. Like, we've been engaged yeah. for like four years or something <laughs> it's like or they've been together for four years engaged for a long time yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'm pro robbie i have no problem but i was right you know right right it is a little shady but it's like i think <laughs> they both can feel like yeah this <laughs> yeah they feel where it's going yeah yeah and also just one more instance of robbie being a stand-up guy which surprise hasn't come up yet but the the bar mitzvah scene where he <laughs> helps out the, <gasps> yes. the nerdy kid yes from Matilda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. The even, chocolate I, cake. I didn't even think Brucey. of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, so that great. Face. And it was always amazing that Drew knew, because there were plenty of dorky guys, but she knew which one she... There was, like, that unspoken yeah. communication between her and Robbie. She yeah. knew who she was supposed to go to. A lot of uh, inappropriate adolescent to adult butt-touching, though. Which true, also course, true. <laughs> made me raise my eyebrows. I was like, huh, hmm. that's not it's okay. Like, it's like, it's sort of a cute moment, but also it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's better when everyone is on the dance floor and everyone is doing it. And it's like, oh, totally. he even smoothed over that situation where he's like, oh my God, yeah. this kid is grabbing Drew Barrymore's butt. What yeah. Do? Yeah. But it also helps that he's kind of at, well, till the end, he's like at his most romantic. He's singing that's all in like a regular voice can you believe adam sandler can sing in like a normal singing voice (laughs) yes that enough should blow people away (laughs) i actually kind of liked it uh i was i I do too yeah my uh who i was viewing with uh was not a big fan but i was like oh it's sweet and sweet and lovely yeah like i think that's the thing like we're used to him doing like like Hanukkah song style of singing, yeah. which is very silly. You know, it's like a goofy put on voice, yeah. but he has talent. Like he can sing. Mm-hmm. And what is singing, but putting on a voice Ooh, of some kind, like you, you, you have to affect something. Mm-hmm. Like it's about choice. It's about making a choice and like just yep singing that way. But yeah, he can bring the sincerity when it's needed. Like just like the tone of it though is so different. Like usually you, yeah. you, you, you associate him with like a deeper voice, like when he's singing, but like he, he or, gets, or like, the kind of like comically like sensitive yeah. voice. Like, yeah. Yeah. The like babyish kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like, like for a good example, you more expect, uh, the way he sings, you spin me right round, like the, at the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is still not, it's not, it's not like over the top, but it's just, it's still like I'm vamping. I'm like yeah, karaoke yeah. vamping. Totally. That first scene, by the way, 
I just watching, I was like, wow, this is kind of perfect. Like, it's just such a great mm-hmm. introduction. Like, get ready. And I mean, Alexis Arquette, we haven't talked about. <laughs> oh my gosh, what an amazing performance. I just love. Yes. Oh, just so many good moments. Justice for George. Yeah. One of my favorite gags is when, um, oh, what's the exchange? It's like Julia and Robbie are flirting and she's like, it's, Oh, she's like, I, no, I need no help. One, I need, to, yeah, I need help. Like, no one else to help. My wedding. And she's like, oh, my yeah. mom lives far away. My cousin's not interested. That only leaves one person. And he's like, George. <laughs> <laughs> and then it cuts to George, and he's like, she's she? putting on like uh, yeah. lip, you know, lip liner. <laughs> Give me time. They're turning on him. <laughs> oh my god! I'm, it took me like four or five watches of the movie. I was with my sister. I remember this, like in, in that part where they turn on him. Like, yeah. uh, like it does a quick cut back to like the reception hall yeah. and like there's just someone who yells like really loudly and cruelly like you suck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it because I'm, I'm on George's side and I don't yeah. I don't like the implied like transphobia of that but the delivery of that line is so fucking funny <laughs> it's, uh, yeah it's, Cause it's so deep and like hearty it's just like you suck <laughs> yeah I mean I also took it as uh you know, the same song being sung twice. Yeah, why is he doing this again? <laughs> oh, yeah. like, that's what's down. so great. There's like that yeah. pause between the second take where you're like, is it going to happen? <laughs> it's like looking around and Give just me like, yeah, do it again. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> it's like, you don't want that kind of song. That reminds me of our friend who was just on our podcast in the most recent episode about Terminator 2, Daniel Borders Ash. At his wedding, someone requested Shout. Oh. By the Isley Brothers. It was like my favorite so- story classic, of yours. Continue. Classic wedding song. But the DJ, <laughs> I don't know what they were doing that day, put on the Tears for Fears version of Shout. The very, you know, moody, <laughs> 80s new wave version. Not not the Amazing. fun Motown dance song. <laughs> and like the dance floor just like, boom, became Im- Im- immediately cleared. We all went and like got desserts. <laughs> I love that story. They, the DJ let this entire like five minute song play out, oh and then it came back to the correct one, the Isley Brothers. So I went like, no, 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 they meant this one. Yeah, yeah. So I could imagine why hearing Culture Club twice in a row <laughs> <laughs> make the na- the drunk natives restless. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> woof! Oh, shout is such a long song too. <laughs> so dramatic. Yeah. Let it all out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's talk about some of the music, though. A lot mm-hmm. of fun music cues in this. Yes. And a lot of, for me, introduction to its classics. Yeah. Yeah. And just things I associate with like certain scenes in the movie, mm-hmm. like uh, at the engagement party when Robbie's finally coming out of his depressed shell, and like it's it's after he's like blew up his friend's spot saying he was gonna hit on you and like, mm-hmm. he, he, that guy walks away and they're both laughing and it's the chorus of all night long by Lionel oh Richie. i didn't know we were gonna jump into it this quick but yeah man that's like i love that that's like sincerely <laughs> genuinely without irony one of my all-time favorite songs if nice. you have a wedding i will request it at your wedding <laughs> Kim, I appreci- that's amazing i appreciate you i wasn't gonna have a wedding but i was gonna have a party and i wanted that on the playlist yes. and it got nixed but uh oh my god well need a, you need a radio edit i would argue but it's it's yeah, such it a is classic. long but yeah but it just never fails to move me 
I threw it, I put it on at my brother's wedding and it was it was delightful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, it's got such a nice <laughs> subtle little build up like mm, you mm-hmm. know it's coming. Oh yeah. It's <gasps> like I I love Lionel Richie and especially like the dance more danceable ones. Yeah. Um, so good. And I I barely heard it. Like I I had to like rewatch it and listen kind of like find out oh. where it was and really listen hard to where you can because you can kind of hear it like it, the, that party scene starts with that kaja gugu too mm-hmm. shy and like you hear that you kind of hear it in the background trail off and yeah and it's when it gets in it it's when it gets like real with with uh robbie and julia when they kind of like yeah to the course and again. yeah and that's why like when i hear that song i just associate with that image of drew barrymore like turning and smiling and laughing very genuinely with that yeah big beautiful smile on her face and it's like that's how i feel listening to this song too yes. yeah <laughs> i honestly didn't even notice it i'm just gonna have to watch it again in that moment the chorus like gets really loud because the movie wants you to know like this is the 80s song that's playing right now <laughs> <laughs> and i mean the montage to hollow notes mm. you make my dreams mm-hmm. um, classic like i never heard that song before seeing this movie and it's just a perfect way to fall in love with that wonderful song yeah Yeah. i also liked which i guess i never really actually thought about it that at the wedding the uh, orchestra well the chamber i don't know is playing (laughs) don't stop believing which is kind of actually would it be i don't know foreshadowing or just like kind of to tell yeah right i was gonna go into a whole spiel about don't stop believing and how that scene is like the thesis statement of this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Here's this guy who is all about weddings, uh, getting stood up at his own wedding, like the most depressing thing you could possibly imagine for someone like that. And the song is challenging him to don't stop believing in love, don't stop believing in marriage. But of course, it's like juxtaposed against the depressing emotion of... Mm-hmm. Right? But also like this, the opening line is like, sort of implies like a woman that's kind of... Oh, the small town girl? Yeah, like a... Dissatisfied, dissatisfied, yeah, like yeah. M- moving along, like running away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just kind of challenging Robbie to don't stop believing in in weddings and marriage and yeah, and love. a brilliant choice. My twelve yeah. year old <laughs> self never knew, <laughs> never noticed. I also like the way it gets all distorted when like he's been told that mm-hmm. she's not showing up, and like the camera movement starts getting a little more. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, little weirder and like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you're kind of like you're entering his rage, you know, yes. his, his impotent yeah. rage. What was it? Which what did the all, note Sandler, say? all Sandler movies have to have that? Yeah. <laughs> so it it was a bad note. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So it was a bad note. Oh. Uh, just like and the way he, yeah, uh, man, Adam Sandler is so good at that. He's so good at like burying the rage and like, yeah. like in this kind of sensitive like <laughs> almost like childlike innocence mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's that's one of the most like moving moments from him for me seeing the how crestfallen he is and ha- having to hide it up there on on the altar <laughs> oh yeah totally another song that he sang that was fantastic well change it up a little but madonna's classic holiday how could you forget? <laughs> <laughs> Holiday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, the darkest, most depressing version yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> Not to George. George is still 100% on point. Yeah. Holiday. <laughs> Nothing's wrong here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then right after that, Eric, this is where I... Um, 
faux pas earlier and said you sang the song, but love hurts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you remembered that. Oh, how could I forget? Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone there, anyone else there understood what I was doing. Nope, no one had a damn clue. <laughs> what, what was it? Was that 2018, 17? It was a while ago. I don't know. But we were in a karaoke league. Um, this was uh, with an audio track. And was that movie night? Might have been. It was like themed nights and you had to pick a song and Eric was yeah. up and it must have been movie night or something because I think I played something related to Clueless. But you say, is it called Love Hurts? I don't even know what it is. Love Stinks. Love Stinks. The Jay Giles Band. Jay Giles Band. And just killed it. And the five of us cheered you on, sang back <laughs> to you, and everyone else was very confused. Because I was doing, I was even doing all the vamping too. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you do like she the, loves, the wedding like singer version? Where you, like, no, well, you no, it's just opening? like the regular, <laughs> just regular version. I did, I think I did say Indian Scout are newlyweds. What do do? Yeah. <laughs> she loves this guy right here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think you. Yeah, you did vamping. It was great. You just can't win. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. So if you ever see that in a karaoke book. Yep. Mm. Just he's good at bringing, especially yeah, drawing out those emotions through the music. I really, I really love him in that moment too. Poor Robbie. I like the uh, past the duchy needle drop <laughs> <laughs> for Alan Covert's character. Oh yeah, the stoner. <laughs> especially yes, especially. I also like they have so many great songs that they're playing when they're in the club, like Blue Monday, mm-hmm. and My Own Private Idaho. Yeah, and. But when China Girl comes on and like they literally like, oh, yes. like Drew Barrymore and Christine Taylor singing yeah. it and Glenn, the big asshole that is, is like, yeah, we all know the words. It's like, what a great meta textual way to make him a villain. Just like, right? yeah, that's also the reason why we're watching this movie is it's the nostalgia. It's like, we're going to sing the song we remember. Right, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's always such a jerk. Um, also, and I didn't realize this when I was singing, but the Smiths, not at the dance um, scene, mm-hmm. but... They come up too. Oh, that's such 80s. a pivotal moment too. Yes. Like I, I had no idea what that song was for many years. I think after seeing this movie, yeah, yeah. When I was young, I def- definitely didn't know. I was like, I ooh, this is so this is a mood. This, song. yeah, right. Oh, I see. I see what you were intending but, here. Yeah, yeah. How soon is now? It does a good job of like again, like I said earlier. I think still like cramming a lot of eighties references in, but not being too over the top about it. You know. Or at least get, getting a good variety. I think it's very telling that Aha is nowhere in this movie. Mm, great point. <laughs> Thank mm. God. Um, <laughs> but like, there's there's a good mixture of like the different scenes that are going on at the time. Like everyone thinks '80s music. You know, you could ha- easily have a movie where it's just Madonna, the Police, but there's mm-hmm. the Cure, there's the Smiths in here. Yeah, me- yeah, past the Duchy. <laughs> like, there's like lots of strange things there's that weird cover of money that's what i want oh yes when he goes to get a job <laughs> yeah there's a car song in this so it's really like it's really like running the gamut i like the uh 99 luftballons yes yep. another Moment. great one from this movie oh my gosh i love when she sings that and that's also just such like a drew song i feel yeah. like 99 yeah, <laughs> yeah. cut or the short joy. by glenn the asshole yeah <laughs> i also really love the joy on um that Robert Smigel's character uh, expresses. He's the chef at the banquet hall. 
when that uh, Der Commissar comes down, like he switches the radio to like to a different station, and he hears it. He's like, "Yes, yeah." He's <laughs> like, he's waiting all day to hear that song. It's his favorite song. <laughs> Just relax. <laughs> I don't know her name, but uh, the woman that Robbie teaches piano to, or is teaching for her. What's mm-hmm. oh yeah, Rosie. Rosie. Actually, I always remember when I think back on this movie, pretty much like Alexis Arquette and Meatballs. Because I love that scene. That's him being another stand-up guy. He just goes with the flow. He gets two meatballs in the hand. He even (laughs) takes a little... Does he take a little bite? Oh, yeah. That's a good meatball. That's a good meatball. (laughs) It's just so, so sweet. So (laughs) I'm always like, what's he... What's he going to do now? Is he going to go drive? Like, what's he going to do with those meatballs? I need to know. Knowing Robbie Hart, he probably finished them. Yeah. True. They looked pretty good. I I noticed on her piano this time, which I was like, oh, that's hilarious, is there was a tiny ceramic piano sitting atop the piano. (laughs) I thought that was a great choice in set decoration. (laughs) It's like uh, Island of Dr. Moreau style. (laughs) Or... The Spy Who Shagged Me, if you prefer. <laughs> the tiny piano on top of the, the big piano. <laughs> oh, I, you know what I wish we would have gotten, actually, going back to the music a bit? When Linda talks about, remember when you were in Final Warning? I would have loved if we had a flashback <laughs> to Final Warning and Adam Sandler singing a Final Warning song. What did that look like? Yeah. I would have been curious. Yeah. Seemed to have a Van Halen vibe. Yeah. Mm. We, I got. The, I still it. got the spandex. I'll go put them on now. <laughs> yeah. What's the big deal? <laughs> White wedding, of course. Yeah. Oh Billy right, duh. And Billy Otto himself showing up on the plane. Yeah. Would, yeah. Would love to know the story of getting him in the movie. Was mm-hmm. he like on? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the acting sites anymore. But casting dot net, and they're like, "Hey, <laughs> Billy, we could use you." I mean, I could totally see that being written to the script as like, you know, 80s celebrity or like just somebody mm. that they thought maybe it was and maybe it was Billy Idol from the very beginning. But yeah, Ooh. You know, that's, it's actually kind of perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wedding. White wedding. Come on. Yeah. True. But great point. Was there a list? Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Billy Idol's kind of perfect, huh? And that scene, too, is um, Shauna Mochler. Who I only know her because she was oh, married yeah. to Travis Barker, but that's right. it was like her one breakout role. The, the the flight attendant. Yes, yeah. Is she the one who hands him the hot towel, or is it the other one? Uh, no, she's the one that comes back and is like, you wouldn't believe what this guy just said to me in coach, oh, that yeah. I had grade A legs or whatever. Choice yeah. meat. Grade choice, choice meat. meat. Gross, yeah. Glenn. I also love that, how she's like randomly telling everyone in first class, like, you guys, listen up. It's like, that's not how planes work. No one wants to listen. Or that, like, someone, like, while they're working will just, like, complain. Yeah. Cares to listen. (laughs) But, hey, we need it for the story. And that beautiful scene when he starts singing the song. The song. The song. The song. The song. The original song. Mm -hmm. Grow old with you. Yes. It's so sweet and so amazing and it's so sandler yeah like it's it's kind of funny you know it's it's kind of got this silly side to it but it's also very yeah genuine heartfelt so sweet when she hears him come on the intercom 
And it's like, you know, it's very earned. Like the whole movie has been building up to that. It's inspired by something she said like an hour earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's like them all realizing like, oh, the little thing. Because like that, the thing about not being able to sit at the window seat, like significant other not letting you sit at the window seat comes back in there. Um, Yeah. And like the, it is totally earned because I feel like the, the back and forth that happens before all this, like there's so many misunderstandings and like mistaken ideas. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he sees her trying on her wedding dress through the window, mm-hmm. right? As he's like about to go profess his love for her. And like, literally in that moment, she's like pretending to be marrying mm-hmm. him and not Glenn. And she's like, Oh, well she's happy. So I shouldn't break up their marriage. Yeah. And then she, she comes to his house to declare her love. And then Linda opens the door because of, that drunken mistake that is not what it looks like. So it's, I don't know. It's just like, like the back and forth is, is well done. And yeah, yeah. it does totally and feel he, earned when they finally get to be and together. And it's like, it's true to the character. Cause like, it's the way that he can express himself the clearest. Um, and, mm. and he even alludes to that, like in the somebody kill me scene when he's like, Oh, I just kind of wanted to be a songwriter and have mm-hmm. people, listen to my song and think, Ooh, I knew what that guy was feeling when he wrote that. So he's I like, love that line. Actually, yeah. that's the first time I really heard that line. I was like, Oh, that's, that's what it is. You just mm-hmm. want to hear relate to and it. Th- yeah. And that's what grow old with you is. It's like, this is what I'm feeling like all this other bullshit and like all these other misconnections we've been having and, and cross wires. Like, like I'll just put it into a song. Like this is yeah. how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And he talks about the jacket. <laughs> he talks about her when her tummy's sick, taking mm-hmm. care of it. It's like all the things that he's done for her throughout the movie. He's like, I know you understand, like, these are the ways I've been showing you that I love you, but, like, this is, I'm making it clear now. This is, I love you. <laughs> I want to grow old with you. And it just never fails to move me. Same. That and all the classic one-liners throughout the movie. I forgot we haven't even brought up, but when the little kid says, you're a bitch, it's like... <laughs> Oh, one of my favorite things, probably. <laughs> I do love that little kid. Nervous breakdown, nervous breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think Yo a bitch is another like memorable thing from my very first watching of this movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like totally. there's just a few lines that like has have stuck with me. She's gonna be She's gonna be Julia Gulia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is that funny? <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Perfect response. <laughs> He's like, I'm not even going to bother with you, man. <laughs> if you don't see the inherent comedy of that, I don't know. Then, then you are lost. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, a fun, weird thing that I learned about this movie. Apparently it shares a universe with the TV show The Goldbergs. Oh, really? yes. I'm so glad you brought it up. I watched that episode last night. Really? Oh, nice. Because yeah. I guess John Lovitz is rival wedding singer character shows up in that movie or in that show and yes. they use footage from <gasps> this movie <laughs> i i can tell you it is unlike any episode of television i've ever seen <laughs> wow that's not, really saying something well not in a good way like, it's literally <laughs> like it's shoehorned into this other plot like i've never seen an episode of the goldbergs until i watched yeah. this one just because i <laughs> knew that there was this connection and so it's about a wedding it's like about these two characters that are going to get married but actually they don't want to get married so it's like 
actually the inverse of what's happening in the movie. But the mother is like going and looking for like she's the one who's taken charge of planning it. So she goes out looking for, you know, entertainment for the wedding. And that's when she runs into John Lovitz's character. But they say like, oh, she's staking out all the all the hot wedding singers. And so like they play the clip (laughs) where he's singing at the bar mitzvah. And the end of the episode leads to them on the same somehow being on the same flight to Vegas that oh my god that, that wow it's, the wedding it's like a are. deep deep wow. overlap yes and no like it's it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like they do try to reference it as much as possible but it's like very awkwardly shoehorned in and like like you know the fact that like they're just playing clips from another movie like yeah. <laughs> you know that the clears and like they cut back it's like if you stood like uh next to a, bu- a pile of rocks cam and said like look there's indiana jones and then you just played a clip of indiana jones <laughs> fighting a nazi on a truck <laughs> it's kind of like that there's no interaction going on between oh, yeah, yeah, these yeah. two yeah. worlds That's it's very hilarious. interesting yeah and, and just strange <laughs> so so there you have it the singer verse the wedding yep. singer verse. That's the not, wedding not singer to be confused verse. with the brian singer verse of the x-men franchise no Though it would be fun to see Robbie Hart show up in, what was the 80s one? Apocalypse? <laughs> oh, yeah. The yeah. 80s X-Men movie? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I got nothing. That's the crossover we need. <laughs> yeah. But you haven't seen 18 X-Men movies, Lindsay? Come on. <laughs> Negative. I, I saw <laughs> one with, does Haley Berry, Haley Berry have gray hair? She's Hurricane Storm. Yep. That's my knowledge. <laughs> I like Hurricane. That'd be cool if she was Hurricane. Yeah. I, I had a note down here. I wrote Woody and Mia. What does oh, that mean? I, I was just about to bring this up. Like, okay. yeah, that's the scene, again, with the photographer. They're trying to get a deal. And she's like, oh, I, I can tell when it's going to work out between people. And oh. you're, you're going to be together forever. Like Donald and Ivana. Yes. And Woody and Mia. Thank <laughs> like you. Famous divorce the couples. celebrity couples. Yeah, who she doesn't realize are separated. Oh, my gosh. Bert and Lonnie. But, like, at least there's... Burt Reynolds and yeah, Lonnie Anderson. Like, because those first two couples are like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah. lady missed big time <laughs> for many, many. So reasons. that's Woody Allen, Mia Farrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, yikes. <laughs> I kind of get that feeling, like when Donald Trump pops up in a movie or a TV show, you know, that you're rewatching, which happens with depressing oh. regularity, right? Yeah. So often. So at first I had that emotional experience when she's like, Donald and Ivana. I'm like, uh. And then she goes, Woody and Mia. I'm like, oh, I didn't think it could get worse, but it did. <laughs> yeah. Man, that aged very uniquely. I know, right? <laughs> that plays into the comedy of, this, of the scene. It's like... Exactly. These, yeah, are, she was, these are... Not only didn't last, but they're so right. icky now. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Major ick back there. This lady does not know what she's talking about. I also do want to just talk about how I love like the way that the eighties, a certain version of the eighties are represented through Glenn. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we get the sense that like he works in New York city, like right. that. And like the story is taking place probably like in New Jersey or like, some suburb somewhere. He works on wall street, but he's like always coming in with the fancy cars, the CD players, even women are possessions to him. <laughs> it's, it's, it just never fails to strike me as perfect when he is taking Julia home from the club pulls up in a DeLorean that when he opens the door is blasting that God awful Miami vice theme. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
that's where it is right there. So like he's the very commercialized, soulless like version of the eighties, which is what sticks in a lot of people's memories. But like this is a story about Robbie and Julia who represent the real people. Like, you know, the the people who are just kinda like moving through this era the best that they can. Yeah. You know, they've got their own dreams, but it's not like they're not wearing the decade as a personality. Yeah. Well, there's also that scene where he punches Robbie and there's all mm-hmm. those friends laughing. And I was like, oh, right. The 80s, like adults were children and assholes. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, what is this? All these grown people laughing. And, uh, yes. The so yuppies. odd. Yeah. Like he, he, even Julia even like brings that up to Robbie. Like when he tries to go get a job in the city, she's like, you don't want to be one of those yuppie assholes. Yeah. Which is very yeah. interesting since she's going to marry one. <laughs> true huh but i just i just really love how like so in in memory and, and and not for no reason like the 80s are kind of seen as the style over substance decade you know it mm-hmm. is like the it is the glangulia decade greed materialism being very juvenile and robbie is the antithesis of that and he's like the guy who will be writing the hits for the billy idols of the world and I always love how the movie ends with video killed the radio star because it's like that same kind of lament. Like when you really listen to that song, it's like, it's a romantic, it's not about like, here comes the cool new thing. And then it rules. It's like, yeah, can't we spare a thought for like these, these people who are not ready for this or who are just not into this kind of flashy style over substance where to be a musician, you have to have a cool look now because video killed the radio star. Yeah. Yeah. That the, you know? just, like the nostalgia of this movie itself like it's it's nostalgic yeah. for the 80s which at that time was lamenting the death of a bygone era too right exactly yeah that's cool and just it focuses on the ordinary people which is how i love it like because those and like it's it's it's, t- it's thesis is telling us like these are the things that are going to last the friendships the love the genuine connections like and all this quote-unquote cool stuff is just ridiculous nonsense and distractions like floating around you and whatever is cool is just going to change instantly anyway. You know, I have to remind myself of that on a daily basis sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I guess, good just, you know. The cool things will come and go, but... Oh, wow, this song, I just looked it up because I, I, I never had really listened to Video Kill the Radio Star on a, a lyrical level, if you will. Uh, the album was called The Age of Plastic. I love it. I love oh, this yeah. whole theme. Yeah, totally, totally. Go play that later. Gotta love the Buggles. Although Is that the, how you, the Buggles? That's the buggles. how you pronounce it. Although the, they did the, the version, original, but then yeah. Presidents of the United States of America did <gasps> the version for uh, this movie. That's our 90s nostalgia. Heck yeah. yeah. Doing, doing 80s nostalgia. It's incredible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, speaking of music, I when I was searching just, you know, lines from the movie, I, I stumbled across a song that's called I Got Punched in the Nose for Sticking My Face in Other People's Business by the band Boys Night Out, <laughs> which strikes me as maybe that's another Sandler reference. Like maybe these people are just really into Sandler, but it's this hmm. early 2000s screamo band that I, you know. <laughs> and so very much, it's very much in the vein of that genre with to name, title a song, something ridiculously long, and that's like a totally. joke something. <laughs> I remember yes. Fall Out Boy did that for a bit. Mm. I would, oh, I, yeah. you know, not that I would know that for a So if you ever go listen to that song, like the vibe is very different from the vibe of the actual movie. It's not really, <laughs> it doesn't have any connection to the movie at all. It's kind of, it's about a breakup, I think, but it also seems to be about death in a lot of ways. <laughs> a lot of emo songs are. 
I think that's your next podcast venture, breaking down what these songs might be about, yeah. these emo screamo bands. It's crazy. <laughs> wait, wait. So I just looked up some, some early Fallout Boy, because I'm right there with you, Lindsay. For instance, tell that Mick he just made my list of things to do today. <laughs> or sending postcards from a plane crash, parentheses, wish you were here. <laughs> Reinventing the wheel to rend myself over? That was a classic. Yeah. I yeah, wait. There. there there was the second album, too, because that was Take This to Your Grave. I'm going to read a few others from Under the Cork Tree <laughs> that are so silly, just because we're here. <laughs> a little less 16 candles, a little more touch me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, nice. Well, there's some in here that are really long, and I think they might allude to something, but I'm not so sure. Uh I've got a dark alley and a bad idea that says you should shut your mouth. Is that just them? I don't know. And then it says in parentheses, summer song. What? These are men with grown children now. Just like, let's be as loquacious as we can. I won't tangent too much. We could keep going on that, yeah. but yes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, the unexpected places that the wedding singer takes us to. <laughs> I had no idea we'd be going here. Right? I didn't, I didn't either. It was quite well, a discovery. <laughs> I suppose when you think about, you know, Adam has a little screamo in him. A little, it all yeah. was oh. bullshit. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Beat it. <laughs> Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. yesterday. <laughs> That's a famous one. That's oh, like, yeah. I feel like when you would see the trailers for this movie, like those are the moments they would focus on because those are the sand. Like, yeah. oh, it's Adam Sandler movie. He yells. <laughs> That's right. yeah, He's the yelling guy. Totally. I love like a lot more of his sarcastic lines, especially when he's like messing with Alan Covert. One that really gets to me is they're driving home and. He's teasing Robbie, saying, oh, you've got a thing for Julia. You're in love with her. And like at the end, he's like, you know, she told me she likes you. She's like, really? She said that? And he goes, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that delivery. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Was there in the bar with the older gentleman when it's just the two of them? And he's like, I'm lonely. Or what does he say? And he's like, get off of me. Do you know what I'm talking about? Did I just make that up? I know that one guy, he's like, all you want to do when you're, like, um, alone at night is to have someone wrap their arms around. I just want someone to hold, he's like, I'm not happy. I'm miserable. He's like, I I just want someone to hold me and tell me everything's going to be all right. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's going to be all right. Well, earlier, he's like, he's totally the opposite. He's like, man, because, like, they're commiserating about women, and he's just, like, sitting at the other end. He's like, yeah, they'll rip your heart out through your ass. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, I'm sorry, I used to be much stronger. Yeah. When he tries to punch Glenn. That little role is is very high profile. I like it a lot. He's a winner. MVP. I do also like the line reading Adam Sandler has uh, when he and Robbie and Julia kind of have their big blow up. Uh, She brings him that present. Uh, She's, you know, handmade the the sheet music for him to use. Mm. And he's like, ah. God, she made me a present. I am an asshole. Yes. <laughs> and I think about that a lot. Like I, 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 in my head, I would go asshole <laughs> when I want to put a little extra mustard on it. <laughs> like that guy's an asshole. <laughs> Just emphasize the other syllable. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that, that is the syllable that gets bleeped oh, on yeah. TV. Oh, I, true. I'm very familiar with the TV edit, actually, probably more so than mm-hmm. the, actu- the real <laughs> movie. And, like, all the feedback that they add during Somebody Kill Me. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Uh-oh. that's right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Totally forgot about that. Interesting. And another one that me and my sister like to say, any random context is, they were cones. They were cones. I had them written down. <laughs> like, they were cones. When some, where it's like, where it's like some, when something doesn't matter, you know, and you're, it's like someone's being unfair to you. Just go, they were cones. <laughs> totally. They were cones. <laughs> I want to start throwing that line out because I I feel like that so many times. Like, oh, it doesn't really matter. Like, it worked. They were cones. <laughs> um, and the plane scene always loved, made my dad laugh too. Like this, the flight attendant who's like, "Excuse me, sir, I have to serve the beverages." Like they're trying to keep him from <laughs> yeah from yeah, uh, yeah. interfering <laughs> in the situation. And of course, don't you talk to Billy Idol that way? <laughs> yes. You know, I actually really love in that scene, which is such a little thing, but when the bar cart hits Drew's elbow, like, she just so perfectly reacts to that. It's just such a tiny thing, but I don't know why. It's like, oh, and we've all been there. It's oh. It's so painful, you can't even make a sound. I know, she just keeps it in because you're on a plane, and oh my gosh. It is the little things. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the point of that. He wouldn't let her have the the window seat. (laughs) Yeah. For that very but reason, can, too. Yeah. <laughs> you can yeah. sit on my lap. Oh, geez, thank you. Because yeah. planes are so comfortable arms. to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> you got skinnier arms, Jules. <laughs> and what a dick he is, too, in the earlier scene where he's like, you like this wedding. St- can, can you just do all the planning? Yeah. Oh, I know. All by yourself, right? Yeah, <laughs> so sly. Yeah. I'm not Were good you? at that stuff. Yeah. It's And it's so, like, not sly at his engagement party when his buddy's like, you know, he's like, this guy, he's going to be so wasted, he's not even going to notice there are flowers at this wedding. Up top, like, he gives them a Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> right in front of his, his fiance. Yeah, yeah but, it's, it's honestly like a bunch of, like, young yeah. 20-something bros. Just, like, if I had to guess Gigantic how they would celebrate a wedding, that would, yeah. He's hey, not yeah. even going to remember. <laughs> or, like, my family at a wedding. Either way, open bar, high fives. <laughs> Hey, yeah, Uh, yeah, have a few drinks and, you know, drive home. Yes, (laughs) yes, I love that. (laughs) That is, uh, that actor, he says that to is Stephen Brill, who is a director. He directed a few Adam Sandler movies, another Happy Madison movie. He's the director of Little Mm. Nicky, by the way. Oh, wow. (laughs) Another movie we've covered on Summer of Sandler. Hmm, fun fact. The Happy Madison is in full effect in this movie. But again, like, like the 80s homage, it's not intrusive. Mm-hmm. You're not rolling your eyes because here's Rob Schneider again. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're just throughout. It it really carries. I don't know. I feel like some some movies just there's parts you're like, oh, I could do without, but I really can't say any any anything about this movie. Any part that I would omit. It's tight. It's like yep. very yeah. It's just a well oiled rom com machine. Like yeah, it, it hits all the beats. It charms you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I read in some of my research, Carrie Fisher, I think, did a pass on the script. Oh, nice. Really? Um, specifically, like, the scenes for Drew Barrymore. And I can definitely see that in, in a couple of the scenes where she's talking to her mother, played by Christina Pickles. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. at the beginning when she says, I recommend a fake pregnancy <laughs> to get him to set a date. Which and is funny because, the- oh, yeah. Or and also just the other scene, like the bookend is is when she's confessing to her mom that she doesn't really love Glenn. She's like, Oh, that's just the jitters. So she was gonna play the mom, correct? Or she read for it, you're saying? No, no. Um 
Carrie Fisher apparently did like a, a, a pass at the script, like a punch up. Oh, because she's a writer too, you know. Sorry, and guys, she, I'm not yeah. a movie oh, no. professional. And I just think she did a lot of like uncredited rewrites yeah. of stuff. Oh, yeah. and I'm just saying, like, I think I can feel that, especially in those scenes with Jules and her mm-hmm. mom. Like it's, it's yeah, see, it seems that, to have that very dry kind of Carrie Fisher sense yeah. of humor. Because <laughs> I was saying, oh yeah, I could totally see her saying those lines. But it's funny. Um, is that her name, Christina Pickles? I only like when she came in. I was like, it's the friends from or the yeah. mom from Friends. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that's also her character in Friends. I could totally yeah. see her saying those things as well. It's so good. It's you so know. good. But uh, yeah, that's another way. Like this is again distinguished in Adam Sandler's filmography is that the, f- the love interest, the fem- main female character, like is a three dimensional character. Like has her own mm. interior life, and we get to see scenes mm-hmm. with her and like without Adam Sandler. Like that was kind of yeah. a big deal i think for an adam sandler movie mm. yeah. like he's not on screen at all times which yeah it's unusual yeah wow. i like her arc a lot and and i feel like it, it balances his out really well like yep. his arc totally. is about being obsessed with marriage and having that be challenged in a very heartbreaking way for him but then her whole thing is like she's getting married for all the wrong reasons she is pressured into it just getting married for the sake of getting married is problematic and it's only through meeting each other and falling in love with each other that, you know, she realizes, that, like, you got to get married for the right reasons. You got to, like, actually... And, and she it's there the whole time. She's, yeah. like... She makes comments, like, like I'm not just marrying him for his money. Or, like... It's like, then why looks, are you married? You, you think looks are all, the, all like... Because her mom says, like, oh, she's pretty. It's like, pretty has nothing well, to do with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty has nothing to do with getting married. Yeah. Or, like, like the, the morning after the club when she's really hungover. That's when, yeah, her, her cousin's asking her, like... It's like, and because you love him, right? And then she just kind of like slumps down, like, in yeah, over pain. <laughs> She's like, I don't yeah. want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah. She has like her whole, a whole arc unto herself that yep. that works really well. <laughs> Sorry, just one more random joke I mentioned or noted this time in particular in that wonderful opening scene as the credits are rolling they keep cutting back to that one guy dancing with the old lady where he's like doing that strange like new wave dance <laughs> like kind of just like keeping his torso still but swinging his arms um and like he, he goes back cuts back to him he's taking his suit jacket off cuts back to him again he's taking his shirt off <laughs> he's just like <laughs> <laughs> progressively wearing fewer fewer clothes <laughs> that really killed me this time oh i gotta pay attention to that again next it's, time i, I don't so know if good. i noticed it as much i guess that's the opening credits you said yeah yeah it's just like all the weirdos you'll see at a wedding yeah, yeah the, <laughs> there's somebody's just like qu- great little quick quick moments quick gags yeah. yeah 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 there's a lot in that scene it the whole thing. definitely captures the vibe of like when you have a when you have a good wedding and it's like the party's cooking yeah. And you have someone like Robbie Hart emceeing it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to have a good time in their own way. Yeah. Man, I feel like my brother's wedding was like that. The party was cooking? <laughs> the party was cooking. Party did, was a man cooking. Un- did a man undress on the dance floor? <laughs> yeah, on the dance floor. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's, it's the most I've seen my parents let loose. Mm. <laughs> and it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. That's always, you know, what you hope for at a wedding, that everyone... Everyone has a good time. Fights when yeah, you have a good yeah. time. Dance to all night long. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys play the full version? Oh, I'm, I, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Wow. Nice. Was there a... It was all a, night long. <laughs> conga line? Yeah. 
I could see that <laughs> happening for that song. Ooh, a conga line. Yeah, was there yeah. any conga line into that wedding? You know a wedding is good when you got a conga oh, sure. line going. Right? <laughs> I don't fully remember. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I think I've been in like one or two conga lines in like maybe the last, whew, so many weddings. They don't happen as often as I'd like, mm. I suppose. Yeah. Was there one at Brian and Blythe's wedding? I feel like there was. Was I don't it? think it was a conga line. It was more like uh, a big circle at the end. Yeah, that, oh, that there was, was purple the, rain. The that circle, was yeah, that, that was, was purple cool. rain. Oh, it was I, mo- I one of the most yeah. beautiful wedding moments I've ever experienced. Yeah, yeah. I've only I've done that one other time in uh, England, and I was like, "Is this a British thing?" But maybe it's just a a circle thing. I'm going to take credit, at least partial credit, for doing starting that because when I get a little tipsy, I just cannot stop hugging people. So I think that's kind of how it started. I'm like, you, come over here. <laughs> Let me put my arm right on top of you. So instead of friends' weddings, let's rank a much less oh, yes. controversial <laughs> subject. Sandler much less, movies. Yes. Specifically the ones we've touched on in the summer of Sandler. Right. Because... So we'll we'll, we'll give you a rundown. Yeah. We'll. <laughs> oh, perfect. I'm also going to IMDb right now at okay. Sandler movies. Um, there's only I need we, a refresher. All right, which ones have you done? We only oh, have six really? that we've touched yeah. on. So we've you only have on. to rank six. Okay. Oh, I want to know where you rank Pixels. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, w- what's the order we did the the movies? We we started with The Water Boy, right? Mm. <laughs> we did start with The Water Boy. Then we did. Little Nicky, right? And then Punch and Drunk then, Love. And then Punch Drunk Love. We we're going to do Happy Gilmore with Jim, but he couldn't do it, so we delayed till the yeah. following year, <laughs> the following wow. summer. So we did Punch Drunk Love instead, and then we did Billy Madison. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Happy Gilmore, and now The, the Wedding Singer. singer. Mm. So of those, my ranking goes, I'm going to count down. Number six, Little Nicky. It's fun, but, you know. It's also a little Def- Nicky. Yeah. Definitely the least good. <laughs> Number five, The Water Boy, which feels low because I, I really like The Water Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, Happy Gilmore, also low, given how much I loved it as a kid. Oh, and now it gets hard. Okay. I'm going to go with Billy Madison, number three, and The Wedding Singer, number two. It, uh, <laughs> it really won me over. I was going to put Billy Madison above it, you know, Billy Madison's a pretty original concept, and I was going to give it to it for that, but The Wedding Singer is just so charming, and I feel like it really is, like, Adam Sandler at his most wholesome, his most just good, <laughs> good good person. Yeah. Um, and that's just so charming. And Drew Barrymore is equally lovable yeah. and adorable, mm-hmm. and it's just such a heartwarming movie. But I love Punch Drunk Love. I, f- I feel like it's it, that that one really won me over when we when we tackled it. And I get why you would mu- you might not rank it as high in like a S- Adam Sandler ranking, but I do think it like it is totally in keeping with his his characters and his like man child vibe. So yeah, I, th- I think it's like a good like art film cap to his '90s Sandler persona. Yeah, it really was. A revelation when I remember when it yeah. came out. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'll go next. I'm going to start from the top because you already know. Number one is The Wedding Singer. Woo! Still my favorite Sandler <laughs> after all these years. Two, I'd go with Billy Madison. Three, Happy Gilmore. 
for Punch Drunk Love, which again feels low because I do love that movie, but <laughs> just mm-hmm. I love that classic Silly Sandler. It's a little bit more. Yeah. And I'm I'm Get also it. just a big Paul Thomas Anderson head in general. And mm-hmm. I feel like Punch Drunk Love, even though I like it a lot, like isn't even in my top four of his movies, you know? Yeah. I get that too. Then again, yeah, five was Waterboy, even though after we did it, I, I did find a lot of things to appreciate about it. And six is a little Nicky. There's a few <laughs> things I like about it, but it's not quite as interesting as I was hoping it would be. Henry Winkler specifically in the Waterboy. Like, yeah. <laughs> he is yep. phenomenally amazing in yep. that movie. He's the best. <laughs> I got to watch that again. And Kathy Bates, I think, really Kathy does a great Bates, job. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Was she in a hot tub in that movie? Did I make that up? I think you're thinking of About Schmidt. About Schmidt, yeah. <laughs> really? I don't think I even saw that, but wow. Maybe. <laughs> I'm just dreaming Sandler. I mean, is she, is she in some sort of pool, though? I, there might maybe. be a scene in the water bay where she's like in a bathtub or something. Yeah. Well, I'll have to let you know because I'm going to have to watch it at some point. I could see her like asking her son to bathe her. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe. <laughs> uh, listeners, write in uh, what were we watching at gmail.com. Yes. <laughs> if you remember Favorite Kathy, Kathy Bates, Bates inside a, a, a body of water in yeah. a water boy, H2O. We need, we need answers. Okay, for me, number one, The Cobbler. Oh, just oh, kidding. Good. Making Sandler jokes. Look at me. Look at me go. Uh, zing, zing, zing. Remind me of The um, Cobbler. So, first of all, before I say my list, I have to say, guys, I haven't seen all of these. It's okay. That's um, fine. That's fine. But I, I can already tell you I haven't seen it, but number six would be Little Nikki, just mm-hmm. because I just know. Um, the <laughs> other one, the other one I haven't seen, um, sometimes trailers don't lie. The, uh, the one I haven't seen that I really do want to, so I'm not going to give it a rating. I'm going to skip over five is Punch Drunk Love, because I feel mm. like I would like it, and I've always oh, you should lo- wanted you should, oh, to man, watch it. You should see it. I know. Where can I watch that? Do you know, Cam? Uh, I can look it up real quick. Uh, so it's Hoopla. If you have a library account, you can oh. get it for free on Hoopla. Yeah. Oh, like LAPL? I, I yep. Got, yep. I got work. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've never actually checked out the... Ooh, it's a great resource. Shout Sweet. out to Hoopla. Shout out to Hoopla. Shout out to libraries. Shout out to Shout the out to library. The library oh, yeah. is so cool. I was just talking about the other day how much I love the library. Um, <laughs> especially now with Kindle, like magic. All the time at your fingertips. Mm. Okay. I will stop. Um, skipping five. Number four would be Billy Madison for me. Mm. You know? I uh, okay. Three, Waterboy. From what I remember, I just remember enjoying it. But it's interesting because I was at a different age when I saw Waterboy. So one wonders mm-hmm. if I watch them back now. Same year as The Wedding Singer. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. It's like seven wow. months later. Wow. Okay. And then two, Happy Gilmore. In the one, but what else but the wedding what, singer? What it, it will always be <laughs> mm-hmm. the wedding singer. Did you guys see? Uh, you have so many more uh, Sandler films to cover. You've got so many summers ahead of you. I, I just googled <laughs> all movies. I was like, wow, was that? There's in my in my mind. I feel like I only need to do one more. Mm. That, that we that like a big glaring omission that I won't I won't say. Oh, really? Maybe we'll let it be a surprise. It's bedtime stories. (laughs) (laughs) We did field some rankings from previous guests of Summer of Sandler. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to Darren, who was on our Billy Madison episode, Mm. uh, who gave his ranking. Mm. If we we were to add Mm. the wedding wedding singer, 
He's he's a punch drunk glove fan as well. He's he's a number one punch drunk glove. His number two is Billy Madison. Number three, Happy Gilmore. <laughs> number four, Waterboy, and number five was the wedding singer. And he's, he <laughs> he gave me he gave me several sad emojis about it and <laughs> sprawls. I didn't press him for details as to yeah. why. Right, but what's wrong with you? <laughs> But he seemed to acknowledge that it was it was a tough sad. Call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a tough call. He probably loves Henry Winkler just as much as I do, mm-hmm. and that's why he had to give Waterboy the edge there. There's one thing I know and about Darren. And Kathy Bates in a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if there's, we'll only, there's two things I know about Darren is that he loves <laughs> he loves Kathy Bates's bod and he loves the Fonz. <laughs> and then number six, Little Nicky. Has he actually seen that? Did he actually he ranked that? Yeah, he ranked genuinely. it genuinely. He, he ranked all sense. six. That makes sense. Well, at least it got above Little Nicky. Thanks for <laughs> nothing, Darren. No, just kidding. Um, and I reached out to Jim Gallivan, who was on our Happy oh, wow. episode. <laughs> you, yeah, you may know him, Lindsay. You may know him a little bit. I d- yeah, I'd love to hear. And <laughs> this is actually kind of fun. Uh, so <laughs> he, he wrote. Uh, he sent his ranking. Number one is Happy Gilmore, of course. We'd heard all about his love for Happy Gilmore <laughs> last summer, and it was so wonderful. Two is The Wedding Singer, which is a oh, fun... You, you wow. two are made for each other, Lindsay. I know. I honestly <laughs> wouldn't have guessed that. Fantastic. Uh, three is Billy Madison. He's, four, he says, I'm assuming I'll like Punch Drunk Love more than Little Nicky, although he's never <laughs> seen it. <laughs> and, I'm not counting it. And... Last was Little Nicky. I, I, I asked him, like, oh, also does the water boy? Because I told him, like, I gave him the list, you know, to jog his memory. And I tried to get a water boy ranking. But I guess he was a little too dehydrated to remember that the water boy was one of them. So we lack his water boy ranking right now. <laughs> but if it, if oh. it changes, I will update you. <laughs> oh, my okay, gosh. Okay, actually, yes. hold on. Let me... Let me, let me switch that up. I don't know if we did this when he was on the show. Oh, no, he did. He he did rank it. So okay. and it was above Little Nicky back then. Okay. So so, so five. So put that yeah. Maybe? Put that as, as number four. four instead of the mm. the very yeah, humorous is, message he wrote about Punch Drunk Love. <laughs> well, here's the thing. So without Jim and Lindsay ranking Punch Drunk Love, its average is higher than everyone else because it's my my and Darren's number one. Yeah. But if we're if we're to count the first one that all of us have seen, the wedding singer is now the, the number one. Interesting. So. It's interesting that Punch Drunk Love would be up there. Well, maybe I know. dividing it by fewer numbers, I guess. Yeah, it's only by three of us. It's like gotcha. you, me, and gotcha. Mm. Yeah, I'm saying like because so wedding singer has like two ones and a two. That's, That's pretty, pretty strong. strong. What yeah. kind of a statistical analysis program you you use in there, Cam? Uh, <laughs> I want to see your facts. Chi Square, Anova. It's, what are we talking? So about? it's a it's a spreadsheet, and <laughs> you know what I should do is I should I should all the ones that we've all seen should just automatically go above the ones that only some of us have seen. This is so in that more, case, more data. Glove is actually last mm. because the fewest of us have seen it, Aww. whereas Little Nicky, four of us have seen it. Well, that doesn't seem right either. <laughs> Feel like right. it well, just—it's just more data is needed. Exactly, yeah, more data is needed. We need to watch. Yeah. Okay, but the the ones that we've all seen, all five Summer of Sandler experts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the wedding singer. It wins. Woo woo. 
Whoopity-doo. Cue the 80s music. Holiday. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's now my number two, and it's Jim's number two. So it's got two number ones and two number twos. Oh, shit. Wow. Thanks for nothing, the Darren. Thanks. Right? <laughs> the Wedding Singer is Adam Sandler's best movie, Change My Mind. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike dropped. Mike dropped. Yeah. Well, maybe we can change your mind once we unveil some of our ideas on how to take the wedding singer to the next level. Are you guys ready to do some pitches? They said the day when we I'm in it for riches. Sequel, prequel, remake. Want to throw me some pitches for guffin? Well, I'm happy to go first because mine is like, I don't know. It's... What you got? So, basically, I just kind of want to transplant the 80s nostalgia to the 90s, naturally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I imagine kind of just like a spiritual sequel, but starring Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, as they are now. And they don't have to be the same characters. They can be, like, just, you know, slightly different characters. But Adam Sandler is an aging party animal, content to never get married, just profit off of them by being a DJ at weddings where he picks up bridesmaids and is just kind of, you know, living that bachelor life. Uh, And then we have Drew Barrymore, who plays a divorcee several times over, who is now totally cynical about marriage. The two meet. There's a love-hate back and forth until they finally realize they belong together. Uh, So it's just kind of a more cynical version of of The Wedding Singer, which is, you know, very fairytale-like and optimistic. And um, But I kind of want to see, like, the two... the two versions of these characters that like don't believe in marriage but ultimately like come to see the good in it with each other specifically you know Mm -hmm. it's like they didn't believe in it until they met this person so because this is more of a remix than a remake i'm going to call this the wedding dj (laughs) (laughs) nice Mine's also small and, and shockingly similar to, <laughs> in, I guess, in broad strokes to yours, Cam, because, yeah, I, again, I, I want that 90s nostalgia movie. And for a long mm-hmm. time, I've just kind of had this idea in my head, like, oh, there needs to be some kind of, like, movie that's specifically about Y2K, like, millennium nostalgia, like, the end of mm-hmm. 1999, like, hmm. as an encapsulation <laughs> of, like, everything that decade and that era is. yeah. And plus you just have like, you know, kind of the natural endpoint of New Year's Eve and like, what's going to happen when we hit the new millennium, you know? Mm-hmm. Got to so, get those canned goods. Exactly. <laughs> the computers. Yeah. And I just want to see Barrymore and Sandler, you know, playing against each other, falling in love. And maybe this, in this one, it can be like, I would like to see maybe Adam Sandler's character be like more uptight. Like maybe he's like a divorce lawyer and Drew Barrymore can be someone very much like herself like some kind of free-spirited occupation like uh, mm-hmm. like let's say she's a sex therapist or something and um this would also be like one of those big glossy star-studded rom-coms so it wouldn't just be the fo- uh, focus on two of them it'd be like love actually or mm-hmm. new year's eve okay. um mm-hmm. valentine's day all those kind of romantic comedies but i want it to be more like specific than that and also just more focused on like regular people with regular jobs um because that's the thing i love about the wedding singer and i don't have a title for this movie but i do have a tagline and i'm gonna call it it's the ultimate rom-com dot 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 
for regular people. (laughs) (laughs) Very much with the Sandler ethos. Yeah. Um, I sadly misunderstood the assignment, and I just predicted what will happen to Julia Gulia and Rob Hart after the movie. I like this. This could still be a sequel. That's kind of a sequel. Yeah, still be a movie. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll be happy to know that Adam... Robbie um, goes on to actually do really well in licensing his music for commercials. Um, He's a hit in the 90s, just plopping him out alongst, uh, you know, Smelly Cat. Those two (laughs) worlds collide. Uh, You know, they have maybe two to three children. They're still living in the same neighborhood because he can work out of his home. And on the weekends, he is still gigging as a singer and teaching sweet older ladies piano and songs. Um, And just having a really lovely, quaint life, you know, following his passions. And it led him down a road he wouldn't predict it, but it did. And Julia... She might be maybe, uh, you know, designing her own clothes and selling them in a, in a small shop. That's what I think. In a small boutique. Maybe her own jewelry. Like oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> yes. The crystals. Yes. Crystal <laughs> necklaces. She will lots of necklaces. Yeah. Maybe no title. Um, happily ever after. Dot, dot, dot. By normal people, <laughs> for regular people. <laughs> I feel like this is like the uh, you know like the ending because I feel like this movie ends pretty abruptly. It's like they get together, bye. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like what you're saying is kind of like the the freeze frame and like the little like you know mm-hmm. uh, exposition bits. It's like this is what happened to them after the movie. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Billy Idol put so in some calls. Yeah, it's like the wedding singer Coda. It's like the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fun to imagine what could happen. That's another way this movie's almost perfect. It's just fun to imagine what happens to them after. You know, I know it It was hard. It was hard to come up with something because it is so like self-contained. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I couldn't do like a an actual sequel. But I do like those ideas, Lindsay. In 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 some ways, I also I could totally see them just both becoming teachers in their town. Mm, Yeah, like Adam, totally. Robbie becoming a music teacher or at least you know giving lessons like he does to rosie yeah 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 and drew could uh teach arts or even just english or something you know yeah yeah go get a teaching teach degree yeah just teach children how to be good people she could just totally be an elementary school teacher yes absolutely all right hollywood there you go those are some great You're ideas. Welcome. So if you want the rights, then you got to give us a raise. Three meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> Just stick them right in our hands. Yeah. <laughs> we will eat them in front of you, too, because I know that's the part that <laughs> studio executives enjoy the most. <laughs> All right, my friends, we got one more question to answer with the wedding singer. What were we watching? I was watching Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore at their most adorable, most wholesome, singing the praises of marriage for the right reasons, wrapped in infectious 80s nostalgia. Nice. The right reasons. Bringing The Bachelor into it. (laughs) The, 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 The true love story of our times. 
Uh, <laughs> I got to agree. I, I'm watching, every time I watch The Wedding Singer, I'm watching a rom-com with just the right balance of heart and humor. No pun intended. And a movie that actually understands how real, ordinary people experience heartache and love. As Huey Lewis in the news sing on the soundtrack to this movie, Do You Believe in Love? Yes, I do. Especially when I'm watching The Wedding Singer. You guys put it so well. I don't know how much I can I can contribute, but yeah. I was watching just a really lovely movie uh, set in the 80s um, about, you know, two people finding their way through each other and also just, you know, a mix of, of life, of happy, of sad, of funny, learning who your friends are, who, who aren't, and um, hopefully along the way finding who you want to be and who you want to be with. Yeah. Lovely. And just also an entry to a lot of great 80s music. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, just so feel good. Anytime you're down, just put on some 80s. That's my that's my <laughs> suggestion for life. Just put on an 80s track. Uh, Tears for Fear shout is appropriate in this case. <laughs> <laughs> All night long, baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wanted to say, too, like the VHS copy that I had has um, had little karaoke tracks at the end of the tape. <gasps> no way. Mm-hmm. Was there like a little flower going along the words or something? <laughs> there were little dots, yeah. Yeah. There was a, and it, it was Rapper's Delight, like a short version of Rapper's mm. Delight. Um, you Spin Me Right Round, and I think one other mm. one. But it's like totally 80s karaoke. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fun. It might have been Holiday. Was yeah. the third one. But. And that didn't make it to the DVD or Blu ray. What a shame. Nope. The blue DVD and Blu-ray actually have an extra scene added into them. If you have the totally awesome edition of The Wedding Singer, which I, I think is the scene I they do. add in certain TV airings, it's just another scene with him and Rosie like talking about him getting back into the dating pool, which is actually quite funny because oh. it's just an old lady talking about his penis at Robbie's penis <laughs> for, at length. <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't even bring up. Uh, Will this be your first time with intercourse? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I had inter- before I was married. I had intercourse with eight <laughs> men. That was a lot back in those days. Hell yeah, it was. Be I like, was like, "Go, Rosie." She's like, It'd be like two hundred today. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how good is that? If there's not a if there's not a literal grandma, there's a surrogate grandma. Yeah, in, yeah. In most Sandler movies, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, she was like the surrogate grandma, huh? <laughs> but again, she's so again fully fleshed out, and she's so sweet. Like I love when she's talking about like I if I sing this song with no mistakes, you know, my husband will understand how much I love I him, still love him after all these years. It's just like yeah, oh. so cute. Gets you, gets you right in the heart. Yeah, movie for your heart. Mm-hmm. And not to be outdone, and uh, you know, with dispensing life advice, we've got something we've been doing throughout. Uh, these similar Sandler episodes, and that is consulting the Oracle, the book, Adam Sandler, Not Too Shabby, The Life and Wacky Times of America's Favorite Movie Goofball, which I've got right, right here. Oh, my gosh. And Lindsay, so this is an unauthorized biography of Adam Sandler, <gasps> published in 1999 wow. by Scholastic. So it was like one of those things you could get in like the Scholastic Book Fair magazine. <gasps> one of my friends had this growing up. And I tracked down a copy. So we've been, at at the end of every chapter, there's a tip for living the life of Adam. This episode's entry is living the life of Adam tip number six. 
Do you have a relative or family friend who's getting married soon? Here's a plan. Sing heat waves always and forever at the reception, no matter how bad you sound. That's the song Adam crooned at a wedding for one of his friends. Just so you know, nobody screamed encore. (laughs) So that's how you live the life of Adam. Oh, man. Wow. Heat waves always and forever. So there you have it. So interesting. Thank you for those life tips. I really appreciate it. I'm going to look up heat waves. Never heard of them. Uh, always and forever. It's, it's a very, it's a, it's like seventies soft rock. It's kind of Adam Sandler's wheelhouse. Mm, perfect. Seventies soft rock. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think it's even. I'm not sure. It might be the song that Kip sings in that extra scene at the end of the Napoleon Dynamite credits. You guys remember that? Mm. Where he's like, I do not. Still love technology. Always and forever. Mmm. <laughs> but that that's a story for another time. Linz, um, this has been a wonderful experience podcasting with you. At this moment, we're giving you the floor if you'd like to plug anything for our audience. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, good. Like uh, it. Go Dodgers. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to the LA Dodgers. Yeah. Shout out to libraries, too. Oh, yes. Heck yeah. LAPL.org. Jim didn't, didn't know. You just you can sign up for a free library card and you got resources you can't even believe at your fingertips. Shout out. Shout out to teachers. Shout out to learning. Shout out to students learning during these difficult times. And that includes you. So teaching and learning. Yes. You're all up in that education business. Yep. G- going to go back into it. Yeah. I feel like with with the stupid discussion post I just did and I got like dinged for not putting my textbook reference, which we all know we're using. And I want to be like, they were cones. Oh, my God. See, I'm so glad it's it's so useful. (laughs) They were cones. (sighs) But yeah, that's great. Sorry, I don't have anything more no. more interesting to say. But um, I, by next time, I plan to have a full report of Punch Drunk Love. Oh, can't wait for that. <laughs> if, if you can't wait, uh, always feel free to email us, too. We'll read it on the air. So we do have a mailbag. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. What were we watching at gmail.com? I know, because otherwise I'll have to wait till like, given our timeline, like, 2023. For the my- next, yeah, <laughs> at least next summer. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But... Speaking of our emails, we actually have one in the mailbag from a listener and former guest, Mr. Jack Stovold. The subject line of his email is, chill out, dickwads. <laughs> and Jack writes, what's wrong with this picture? It's the T-Jack Thousand firing a shotgun into the unstoppable semi-truck that is what were we watching. <laughs> you asked for it, so here I am, a fucking Terminator 1 guy. Ooh, shots fired. Sh- shot. <laughs> Guns fired. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I think Terminator 2 is bad or even that it's not as good as T2. Like all you guys, I don't think I actually saw this one before T2. And even if I did, the iconography and osmosis of T2 had quite thoroughly penetrated my brain as surely as a T-1000 appendage before I ever even saw it. Just as, sorry, Lindsay, as background, our last episode was about Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So this isn't. I sensed coming that, from yes. This guy's <laughs> <laughs> talking about Terminators. Yeah, I got those vibes. And yeah. we, we, were, we were all T2 fans, yeah. and we challenged listeners to, if they were T1 over T2 fans, to write in. So right. here we are. Yeah. Mm. 
so Jack continues, uh, it's, it's it, Terminator 1, is my favorite because I love seeing Arnold as the bad guy before the T-1000. Uh, Cameron had wanted both in the first one, but cut the T-1000 because it wouldn't be possible the way he wanted it yet. Mm. It's just because I love 80s sci-fi action so much, and it's the perfect possible version of it. Dark, grimy, low budget, and uncompromising. Plus fantastic opening credits and music. And somehow that asshole psychiatrist douche miraculously survived the police station assault and got employed at Sarah Connor's mental hospital. He's technically the only character besides Sarah Connor to appear in both films. It's a perfect standalone slice of 80s sci-fi action horror, and the look and feel of it are just so much my jam. And Bill Paxton is in it. Very true. I also want to point out that that character that he's referring to is also in Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, in a very <laughs> fun callback. Really? Yes. I mean, I, I have my gripes with the that movie's kind of sense of humor and the way it takes you out of the movie a lot mm. of times. And you could definitely argue it for the scene where that guy appears, but he like he he does appear like at, at a scene of a crime where it's obvious like another terminator fight has happened and he's just like he's kind of like sits down and starts smoking a cigarette like staring off into the distance <laughs> it's pretty great also in the first film jack he is a psychologist it's not until the second one where he they kind of retcon him into being a psychiatrist at the oh. he's a psychologist for the police and then all of a sudden he's yeah he's working at the psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. very interesting wow that's very impressive yeah. he was a phd and then got his med degree <laughs> very quickly yeah. <laughs> So uh, Jack says, T2 is a well-oiled liquid metal machine, quite possibly the most perfect action movie ever made, though. The sheer spectacle of it is something that reminds you of what movies can be, how thrilling they can be. I'm going to go to bat for Die Hard right now. Okay. Uh, being the best action movie ever made. That is a, mm. that is a fair assessment. I think I agree more with Jack, but I am not going to mm. argue with anyone who is uh, team Die Hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. The okay. sheer spectacle of it is, or he, that's what he said. I just read that. Uh, it's poetry in motion. Both T1 and T2 have taught me repeatedly that there is nothing cooler in a movie than a single minded assassin machine behind the wheel of a semi truck. Seriously, it happens three times in these two movies, and I still <laughs> think it's not enough. <laughs> uh, that is the common thread between the two films and what I love about them so much, and what connects the Terminators to the dinosaurs, in parentheses, animals, in Jurassic Park. The machines, Robert Patrick and Arnold Schwarzenegger, do what they do. They follow their program. T-1000 is exactly as human as he needs to be to kill John, never any more or less than is necessary. A lesser film and a lesser writer, director, creator than Cameron would have fallen into the pitfall of giving the machines some kind of emotional interchange, like having the T-1000 be angry that the T-800 has betrayed them or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) But he is just another obstacle to be dealt with. Similarly, the reprogrammed Arnold dispassionately views the T-1000. This is actually why I think AI risk is a much more serious issue than is generally acknowledged. Because humans may be capable of creating an intelligence, but in general are so biased by our own emotionally based evolutionary history that we'd be handicapped in conceiving of an intelligence equal or superior to our own but operating in a completely different framework if you're from free from fear bias love etc that is a scary thought jack you've wow. really frightened me now <laughs> uh but yes big ups to what you're saying about they're just machines they're just single-minded doing what they're made to do and another reason you know i've always said 
we don't need any Jurassic Park sequels. We just need the first one. And we don't need any more Terminator sequels. We have these two where they're acting like robots. And that's all it is. And Jack finishes up. Uh, um, so, yeah, I love T2. I guess what it made it less perfect for me was its slightly more sentimental touch. And John. <laughs> John Connor. <laughs> Though the older I get, the more I'm fine with him. He's just a kid. They're both chill fucking fantastic. <laughs> yeah, chill out, <laughs> They're both fucking fantastic films, and though I guess I slightly prefer the first one, T2 is a monumental achievement of action filmmaking that in many ways has never been surpassed. Mm. Also, Eric, you should watch Gridman. It was dope. Hell yeah, the second did. <laughs> Parent Trap was also bad to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Akira Minute is about to explode, and it's signed... J1000. <laughs> awesome. Which is not the T-Jack thousand as he introduced himself. So he's evolved <laughs> throughout the course of this email. Thank you, Jack, for that wonderful email. Many, many good points raised. And yeah, I love hearing yeah. about, you know, the different ways that you love both of those Terminator movies. It's really, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough to choose sometimes. It's just a matter of what you like. Lindsay, do you have any Terminator thoughts? Do you like T1 or T2 better? No. <laughs> I wish I could say something witty at this time, but I have no thoughts. It's fair. I don't know if I've even seen them. I have been persuaded that I should see, and I can't remember if it was perhaps Terminator 2 that a certain Mr. Gallivan said. He's like, we don't even have to watch the first one. I think those words were spoken. Wow. I, could, I could see Jim being a T2 guy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But I'm not sure I even... That's not the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger's eyes pop out of his head. No. That's, and he's like in space. Okay. That, what? Oh, that's total recall. Total recall. That's, oh, that's uh, for a second. Okay. I was like, wait, what? Completely different. Mem- <laughs> that's, my, that's my memories from five to ten. Arnold Schwarzenegger's eyes oh. popping out of his head. That's, oh, that's one of my favorite prosthetics in all of mm-hmm. cinema. Mm-hmm. That Arnold oh, yeah? the exploding eyes. Oh, <laughs> that creeped me out. Oh, that was the head just like bobbing around, and it's got the gap in the front teeth. It's got to mm-hmm, got to have mm-hmm. that. And an Ar- oh, and an Arnold oh, dummy so- head. <laughs> <laughs> was Terminator remade recently? There was a, a sequel a couple years ago. Oh, okay. I might be thinking of RoboCop. That was remade. Yeah, yeah. Like five years that ago. One Different has, movie. Yeah. Okay. And Total Recall has been remade. And Total Recall. <laughs> no way, really? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Yep. You think they'll ever remake Die Hard? Yep. Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of stupid question is that, Lindsay? Of course. They will remake everything. And one day they may remake The Wedding Singer. Who knows? We're going to be like 70. Yeah. <laughs> I just want, I just want like those companies that put together outdoor summer movie screenings to put it in their goddamn rotation like how many times <gasps> yes. can we watch princess bride or aladdin it's like all it's the same movie right? year after year after year and like the wedding singer is the perfect movie for that sort but it's i, I feel never like the hollywood's the hollywood cemetery does like really good like 90s like teen movies and like just mm-hmm. fun stuff and i feel yep. like wedding singer would be totally in keeping with that yep yeah Plus, it's not too long. Like it's really, sh- yeah. it's relatively yeah. short. Ninety minutes. Yeah. You could have your '80s photo bo- wedding photo booth there. Mm. Yes. Oh my gosh. But I'm just thinking. Oh my like, gosh. Like you know, other things like Eat See Here is one of the big ones here in LA, and there's yeah. there's a couple other yeah. ones. Street food cinema. They have the rotations, and I don't know why this hasn't cracked it. 
Maybe they think Sandler's too polarizing. <laughs> they might be right. <laughs> no, they're That'd not be right. Great, it's... I could actually get a seat. <laughs> no, <laughs> not near people. So, <laughs> if uh, if you love Terminator, if you love the Wedding Singer, <laughs> drop us a line like Jack at what were we watching at gmail dot com. We want to hear it all. Also, you can find us um, on socials like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Just look for what were we watching. And listen to our old episodes, including episodes like The Secret Garden or The Mighty Ducks 2, <laughs> <laughs> which also feature our friend Lindsay Mead. And 10 Things I yes. Hate About You. 10 Things I Hate About You, classic. Can't forget that. That was a great one, too. Yeah. But all those are on, on uh, whatwerewatching.com or our Bandcamp website. Well, Lindsay, once again, I just want to say thank you. This was Oh, I, I just love talking about this movie with another big wedding singer head. So thank you for giving me that gift. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. It was a pleasure. I'm always happy to have a reason to watch this movie. So it's great. Yep. It's good talking to you guys. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. It's it's been it's been lovely. We'll have to have you back on sometime and talk about more Drew, perhaps. Mm. Heck yeah. So thank you again, Lindsay, and thank you listeners for listening to us. This has been What Were We Watching? And until next time. You hit two cones. Those could have been people. Those could have been guests at her wedding. They were cones. <laughs>